We're on the second Sunday in the season of Lent. Lent is a season of spiritual growth and development. It's a season when we follow Jesus toward the cross and consider our own cycles of death and rebirth. This Lent, we're focusing on the theme of busyness. What is it that pushes our lives so fast? And are there other ways for us to live? Could Jesus point us to a way of a different kind of life, a new kind of life? Our passage today is from Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and you can find that on page 1184 of your pew Bible. That's page 1184 of the blue Bible in front of you if you want to read along. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear. My burden is light. The word of God for the people of God. This is one of those that just reading it lowers my blood pressure. Makes me say, ah, I think we might make it. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard. All of you. This is a wide and generous invitation. There are no exceptions here. Jesus doesn't say, come to me, all you good folks, all you who have it together, all you who attend church on a weekly basis. Jesus says, come to me, all of you. All of you. God cares how you are doing and wants to give you rest. So take a deep breath again and hear that promise, that offer. God wants to give you rest. And consider, what would give you rest today? What would give you rest? Maybe later in the day, a nap, Sunday afternoons are made For naps, I think that is ordained by God. (laughs) What would give you rest? Getting lost in a trashy novel? Something on Netflix? Sitting and staring out the window? What would give you rest? Letting go of that illusion of control? Or some of the expectations you're carrying around? What would give you rest? Take a minute and really think and maybe jot it down. What would most give you rest today? And then consider actually doing that or not doing that if you are crossing something off your list. You have a divine permission slip. 
It is something God wants to offer it to you. Part of a sane life is living at the right tempo, the right pace. And rest is an essential part of that. It is baked into the structure of creation. God worked and God rested. And Jesus practiced Sabbath. He taught new things about it. He said, you need to rest your body and Sabbath is for healing. But he absolutely practiced it. Sabbath and rest are not just some sort of modern self-absorption parading as self-care. They are part of the structure of creation. What God wants to give you. Rest. Jesus offers rest. But not just rest. There is a second half to this passage that I like so much. There's this yoke business. Put on my yoke and learn from me. A yoke is an implement of work. It's something you put on oxen, for example, so that they can drag a heavy load so that they can work. I liked this passage better when it was just about rest. Why do we have to have this work business? Apparently, they are tied together. Rest and work. Relief and continuing to carry burdens. We don't get one without the other. Jesus doesn't promise us that we're not going to have burdens ever again. Just that we'll carry them differently. I'm going to wager none of us has ever worn a yoke of any kind. We're not oxen. But I want you to think about a backpack. Think about going hiking or camping and all the gear you bring with you. And imagine carrying that all in your arms, just juggling it all, trying not to drop anything, and how heavy that would get, or throwing it in a garbage bag and pulling it around over your shoulder. And think about putting it in a good-fitting book bag. How that distributes the weight, helps you balance, makes that unmanageable load suddenly manageable. That's what a yoke does. It allows animals to pull weight that otherwise would be unmanageable. It distributes the load. It helps balance things out. It's still heavy, but it's possible. So I've been wondering this week, what is it about Jesus' way that makes things that are still heavy suddenly be possible? What is it about Jesus' way that helps us distribute our work more effectively, more manageably? What does he offer? Because a lot of times it feels like religion is full of shoulds and supposed tos. So how is it that Jesus offers a way that's not about shoulds and supposed tos, but about carrying what we have differently? What is his way? that is lighter and easier.
what pace of life does Jesus point to? The first thing we might notice is something so simple that we might skip over it. Jesus invites us to walk. He walked everywhere he went. The brilliant Barbara Brown Taylor points this out. She says, Jesus walked a lot, and not only during the last week of his life, the four Gospels are peppered with accounts of him walking, walking the countryside, walking by the Sea of Galilee, walking in the temple, walking on water. If Jesus had driven a car instead, it's hard to imagine how different his impact would have been, how different his pace would have been, and surely someone could have just loaned him a fast horse. He had so much to get done, and yet he chose to walk. He walked everywhere he went except for a short stint on a donkey at the very end. That gave him time to see things, like a beggar's milky eyes on the side of the road or the sparrow's little black eyes in the temple. If he'd been moving quickly, even to reach more people, these things might have become a blur to him. Because he was moving slowly, they came into focus. Jesus was a walker, not a rider. He took his own sweet time. We could literally emulate him on this one. Walk instead of drive sometimes. But sometimes that's not available to us. And that's okay. I think there's still something here for us. Can we live at the pace of a walk? Jesus lived at an amble, not a dead sprint. A walk is the pace for the long haul. A walk means there's some stuff that is just not going to get done. And that's okay. A walk makes it possible to see what is right in front of us. One of my favorite comedians has a bit about how he loves traffic. Because he gets there five minutes late, but he has time to know what was on This American Life. He has time to actually breathe because of traffic. That is the pace of a walk. A walk is a pace at which we can see the beauty that is already there. Can we live at a walk? A walk's a pace that allows us to see the person right in front of us. And maybe that's the most important thing. The Harvard study of adult development is a long-term study of what makes us happier. It's been going for 75 years. And the director, Robert Waldinger, summed up the findings this way. He said, the clearest message that we get from this 75-year study is this. Good relationships keep us healthier and happier, period. Not the square footage of your home, not the brand of clothes you wear, not the type of car you drive, not the different companies you work for, not how much you have in your 401k. The study shows that the most empirical 
influential predictor of health and happiness in life is connection. He goes on to explain it's not the number of friends you have. And it's not whether or not you are in a partnered or committed relationship. It's the quality of your close relationships that matters. The way of Jesus is the way of community. And you only get community when you live at a walk. When you have time to ask, how are you doing? When you take time to share what's going on with you. Jesus could have done it all by himself. I'm fairly convinced of that. And yet he chose friends to be with him. Even though they were fickle and faithless, apparently it was more important to him to have companions than to get it done perfectly or quickly. Jesus' way is the way of walking and community. Because a burden shared is a burden lightened. We don't get out of obligations, not in this life. We don't get to not have burdens, not on this side of the grave. But we can take them at a walk, and we can take them with other people, and we can take them with prayer. And that's the third thing I want to notice about the way Jesus points. He stopped all the time to pray. He retreated he didn't have a regular rhythm. It was sporadic, or at least from what we can see in the Gospels, which says to me that any way you want to pray is just fine, whether it's a regular time every day or sporadically and periodically like Jesus or peppered throughout your day whenever you think of it. It's fine, however you do it. But prayer is a way to say, I'm not in control. I'm not in control. I can't think of things much more restful than that, to let go of that illusion of control. It helps us carry our burdens with more open hands. Jesus walked. He walked with people, and he prayed. And out of that comes this promise that in him we find rest, and the burden is lighter. Amen.